welcome back to Rated Radio. So, catch everyone up on your world. What, uh, anything new to share? Not really. My life's not all that interesting. We're just preparing for this back-to-school madness. Uh, driving down here, being reminded that people who live in Fort Worth can't drive worth the fuck, which is saying something because I live in Denton, which is a town with multiple college campuses. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I wanted to run something by you. Shoot. A little bit of homework, because I haven't given you enough to do. I'm always willing to, to take more on. I know. And I'm going to try not to push that too much further. I just want to get a, a better feel for the differences between us with regard to music. Mm-hmm. I can't stop thinking about your mistreatment of Radiohead's <laughs> Pablo Honey album. Mm-hmm. I want you to listen to a song this week. Okay. It's Behold the Nightmare by the Smashing Pumpkins. About midway through, there is a an acoustic breakdown beyond which there's an electric guitar solo of sorts. Lots of feedback and distortion. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to come back next week and tell everybody what you thought of that part of the song. Okay. That I think will be a, a test of the differences in our styles of music. I could be wrong. So what you're meaning to say is you're going to make me look like an asshole. No, <laughs> I think it's going to highlight the differences between our okay. opinions. Okay. I don't know why this stands out to me, but I was listening to the Pumpkins this week and that hit me. Anyway, what's been going on in your world? Anything you want to catch people up on? Um, uh, I'm pretty boring, too. I mean, to be truthfully honest. Um, podcast stuff, trying to not um, kill everyone at my place of employment is always a plus. And so far, I've succeeded. No murders this week. Although, if you see me on the 5 o'clock news, um, just pretend like you don't know me. <laughs> it's probably beneficial for everyone. But other than that, just podcast in a way yeah living are you feeling good about the podcast still so far i am i am it's already it's opened my mind to a lot more songs by these artists that we're covering that i had no clue good and now are some of my new favorites so anyway enough about us roll the intro So one of the things that occurred to me over the past week is that there's more I want from this podcast and there is more that we can do to involve people to keep it interesting and let us express ourselves, not just listening to the random artists. I still love that concept. But one of the things we're going to be doing is sharing a different music song list with listeners every week. Uh, So we are going through this week. And talking about, since we touched on last week, what a crybaby I can be from time to time. Since Shane's a huge father baby now. Yes, it's it's not as bad as it used to be. Nonetheless, I thought it would be fun to start with the saddest possible thing, you know, that's my sense of humor, songs that make you cry. So we are going to go through half of what we picked at the front, and then we'll do the last half later on in the show. 
Rayburn, do you want to start with your first song pick? I think we should just go back and forth here is probably the best way to do that. That's fine with me. They're not in any specific order. I just listed ones that I thought either make me cry or, I mean, I guess would make me specifically cry. Some of these are linked to personal stories, which I will touch on a little bit, but won't get too in-depth on Yeah, for time purposes. Um, and here I thought last week was depressing week with Radiohead. Apparently Shane brought it back. We are going to have fun this week. We're going to have a lot of fun. Just <laughs> hang on. Um, my first song that makes me cry is When the Party's Over by Billie Eilish. Which is something I've never heard either. So if, if you're oh. out there, I guess we have to go listen now. Oh, is there a reason? Um, The way she like harmonizes her voice, I don't know if it's like, you know how when you do only dogs can hear certain whistles. Yeah. I think her voice does that in that particular song. So her voice is a dog whistle? Yep, and I'm a dog. Is it, it, a, it okay, so tears. it's a good cry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, a good, good cry. cry. All right. My first pick was Bobby by Reba McIntyre. This won't really come as a surprise to anyone who knows me. It has always struck me as a realistic look at hardships in life, the hard decisions you have to make. Being a father, again, does enhance the emotional effect this song has on me. I could easily have seen going with a handful of other Reba options, chief among them being If I Had Only Known. Mm -hmm. It's from the same album, the For My Broken Heart. Mm -hmm. Her music in general is ridiculous, so don't go listening to the Reba discography and thinking you're going to get away without a tear. No. And if you just hate country, yeah, you're probably still going to cry because it's country. What's your next option? Well, it's funny that you said something about fatherhood, because my next choice is Father and Son by Yusuf, formerly known as Cat Stevens. Stevens. Um, I know the song is called Father and Son, but for some odd reason, um, every time I listen to it, I think of my dad kind of telling me how I should approach life and the world, and it's it's okay to, you know, live your dreams and be happy and sometimes not. So um, every time I th hear that song, I think of my dad and instantaneously I start to cry. So Yeah, I get that completely, especially considering that his voice in that is one of the things that your father does. I don't, I try to tell people all the time, if you met Eric, sorry, that's your dad's name. We're going there. If you've met him, which he is my uncle, a lot of people won't know what his real voice sounds like oh God. because he has so many imitations that he goes through. Uh, Sling Blade, I think a lot of people think he talks like Carl from Sling Blade all the time. Yep. Not the case at all. Nope. But one of the voices that I could really link to him is Cat Stevens. Mm -hmm. I think just when he speaks normally, that that's more in line with yeah. what you're going to get. Yeah. What about you? Um, my next pick was Press Rewind by Ritz. While we're on the subject of fathers, this really does bring my dad to mind. It's not a very old song, but it still hits like a truck. It reminds me of the fact that my dad was rarely around, and when he was, things were not that great. Don't get me wrong, I love my father. He's a very, very interesting person at his best. He's a really great guy. It's just that at his worst, he's got those demons. And um, this song also reminds me of the bad decisions I made as a kid. And there were a lot of them. I don't really feel like there's more to say on that. What's your <laughs> next pick? Um, it's actually I Don't Love You by My Chemical Romance. Okay. <laughs> it touches on the 
emo preciousness in my heart. Yes, I'm one of those people that would sit alone in their room and listen to All American Rejects and my chemical romance and cry with heavy amounts of eyeliner cascading upon my face. You weren't a cutter, were you? I was not. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm a puss in that sense. I could never do physical harm to myself, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I didn't share or I didn't shed multiple amounts of tears over music like That's this. That's not to knock cutters, by the way. I, no. I think you're dealing with something that, that needs some real help if you are there. I don't want you thinking that I make this blanket assumption that you're a horrible person. That's not the case. No. I'm interrupting you. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Um, it's it's just, it takes me back to that really emotional age where you're just discovering a lot of new things about a lot of stuff. Um, and it just there's a level of vulnerability still there, even as an almost 30-year-old adult. So. Yeah. Some things never change. Some things never change. Yeah. My third pick was Whiskey Lullaby by Brad Paisley and Alison Krauss. There's a lot of history here. Uh, to keep it short, I was a fat kid who I was well-liked by a lot of people. I just hated myself. And eventually I did struggle a lot with suicidal ideation. The meds I have to take for epilepsy enhanced that even further. But the reason I picked this song is because at one point in my life, I got really thin. I thought I was past all of this hardship in my head. And then I got engaged to someone who destroyed me, absolutely destroyed me. And to be clear, if anyone's out there listening who knows what I'm talking about, I feel like I did a lot to deserve it. I absolutely did. I don't think she's a horrible person. We were just young, and I specifically was stupid, and she had a lot going on. And this song reminds me of, it's one of the handful of songs that when I was really near the edge, I listened to over and over again, and really contemplated just giving up on life. The funny thing about that is is I was around during this period a lot of this and I had I I know who you're talking about I I remember when you lost all that weight and I assumed you were in a much better place because you felt better about your body but I'm just glad you're in a better place now cuz I had no idea that was going on the age difference between us I wouldn't have had an idea mm -hmm. but I'm so happy that you're in a much better place than Thanks. where you were. So. Coping mechanisms. If you're struggling out there, look into strengthening your coping mechanisms because until you do that, it's never going to go away. Mm -hmm. And it may never go away completely, but at least you'll be prepared yeah. for how to deal with. What's your next pick? Has anyone ever written anything for you by Miss Stevie Nicks? That's a great pick. It is. Because this is actually, I'm not, I'm not real big into picking songs that could potentially describe the person that I am, but this is the only song that I have ever considered if I do have some sort of funeral or wake or whatever. This is the song that I feel should be played. Yeah. So that's the reason why that got my pick. It just, I don't know, it just does something to me. And it's funny that I mentioned Stevie Nicks because we're going to talk about her a lot more in a minute. Yes, we are. What was your next pick? Ordinary by Copeland. A lot of people have probably never heard this song. It's not their best song. The reason I picked it 
is because when I think about apart from some of the the really rough stuff, some one of the things that hit me hardest, and I'm sure you can understand this. I don't have any pets anymore, but for a while there, I had guinea pigs, and I had really backed away from the world. I wasn't talking to much of anyone, so the guinea pigs kind of kept me company, and one of them got really sick and eventually died. We struggled to keep her healthy. It just it didn't work, and there were things we could have done financially that probably would have ruined us. And to this day, I still regret not doing everything that I could. But when I think about songs in recent memory that have made me cry harder than anything, mm -hmm. this song will always come to mind. For the record, I know a lot of piggy parents out there. And I will say, I think you are the best piggy dad that I've ever met. So Thanks. I care a lot about creatures and you know, anything I get close to, I'm, I'm involved with. So have you have you seen yes, my dog? I know. Have you seen my post? <laughs> yes. I can relate. Um, my next choice is gonna be one that I think you will greatly appreciate. It's Silent Lucidity by Queensryche. Yes. Which is funny because he's wearing a Queensryche shirt today. I am. <laughs> I associate um that song again with my dad. He was going through a very tough time. Um him and my mother were having some issues at the time that they have since worked out and are very strong. But I remember him listening to this song and it, you know, him breaking down and having an emotional spell to this song that I wasn't supposed to necessarily see. And my dad is usually the strongest person I know. So having to see him fall apart and be that vulnerable really set in how serious the situation was and how much it affected him. So that's the reason why um, I chose this song. And to this day, it takes me back to being like that 11, 12-year-old kid that saw it and realized that even Superman is has his moments of vulnerability and can break down and yeah. have a moment of weakness. So that's the reason why that, that song's on this list. I was deeply affected by that part of, I was going through my own hardships at that time. Mm -hmm. Extremely tough and extremely tough when your parents hit the rocks. Mm -hmm. And I think that the strongest relationships do go through that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You don't always see the struggle, but if people aren't struggling, they're most likely just getting by to get by. I'm I'm not going to go any deeper on that. We'll, yeah. we'll talk more about the stuff later. My next pick was Dreaming with a Broken Heart by John Mayer. While we're on the subject of love, the reason I picked this song is because it reminds me of the hard choices that you sometimes have to make with regard to love. I think people who say that you can't be in love with more than one person at a time are fucking idiots that don't know what the hell they're talking about. It's like saying you can't have two favorite ice creams or really enjoy. Okay. I, I like vanilla, so I can't like anything else. That's ridiculous. A favorite song? Yes. Mm-hmm. The song itself reminds me of the loss of a very powerful connection I had in my life. Uh, it was a friend. It was a girl. Uh, there were a lot of feelings there. But because of the intensity, I think we just couldn't even make the friendship work. Um, and so it still affects me now. And I actually I have a video up on YouTube 
it's a lot of clips from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, mm-hmm. and it's set to this music. I don't remember what the title is. I know that uh, video you're talking about because I I saw it because yeah. I love number one Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Such a good movie. Yes. Recommend that movie. But I can't remember the title either. But I remember it it being an emotional video. Yeah. And I think if you if you search my name and just Eternal Sunshine or Dreaming with a Broken Heart, it's going to pop up. Just if you want to watch it, and, and that that really does highlight why it's here. Some things will just affect you forever, and you will always think about the different choices you could have made in life, mm-hmm. no matter how happy you are with the choices you have made. Yeah. To be clear, I am extremely happy. Yes. <laughs> um, that does it for my first five. Yeah, you me want, too. You want to move on to... Yeah, let's hit artist number one. I'm, I'm All ready. Right. All right. I'm Again, we got, to, we got to make these picks ourselves. This is where we thought we were starting, was this personalized artist choice mm-hmm. and i had a good time yeah oh, oh no i definitely had a good time my uh my spouse uh about ran me out of the house with with how much fleetwood <laughs> i was listening to so let's see you want to take it album by album yeah let's do that five to one one to five. Oh, just let's start at the first album okay chronologically and we'll move forward okay so self-titled Self-titled 1975 album. Yes, not to be confused with one of their. Earlier. It might have been their first album that was self-titled. I know. It, it I know matter. one of their earlier ones when um, they were still. I mean, Mick Fleetwood was still in that band as well as John McVie. Yeah. But they had a different frontman called Peter Green. Okay. He played. He. They later replaced him with Lindsey Buckingham, which we'll get to more later. But. There was a self-titled album early on called Fleetwood Mac when they just pretty much decided that they were going to be Fleetwood Mac. They were going by another name, which I think it was the Blues Breakers. Okay. Which Green had, I think, replaced Eric Clapton in the Blues Breakers. Uh, What we're covering here are the five albums from where McVie, Nicks, and... Buckingham all came on board and were there. Mm-hmm. Um, the quintessential yeah. Fleetwood that you know and is well known. I just smacked like a bat. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. Oh. All right. So let's get to the self-titled 1975 album. Where did it fall in your ranking? It was number four for me. Okay. Four out of five. Okay. So didn't take my first pick. It did not take mine. As well, but it did fall a little bit higher. It was my number two. Okay. It only had two fives, though. I gave it four. See, you already already did better than me. Yeah. It just, in that album, you can really sense where they started to touch on their rumor sound, Mm -hmm. which was the album directly after this one. Yeah, it was the album directly after this one. So there were a couple songs in there that you can tell that they were still starting to develop their sound. Yeah. Rhiannon's on that album. That would have been my top contender. That got a five online. Yeah. Without hesitation. That one and now I'm trying to remember what other one got a five. Yeah, we're going to have to change our setup a little bit because we don't see the song titles right Mm -hmm. in front of our ratings. So we'll fix that moving forward. Uh, My bottom track on this album would have been Sugar Daddy. I know you didn't go through and and redo, but... I think Sugar Daddy might have been low on mine, too. It's number 10. Is it? Okay, never mind. I got a four. Yeah. (laughs) 
See, we are different. Yeah, we are rather different. Uh, moving on to the next one, which is Rumors. It's their 1977 album. I'm going to try not to waste a lot of time with this. First of all, it got my number one rank. Same. For obvious reasons. This album was incredibly difficult to make. Mick Fleetwood, who is the drummer, was going through a personal divorce. Christy McVie and John McVie were going through the middle of a divorce. Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks were also breaking up after being in a serious relationship, and they were still all forced to work together. And this album is definitely worth the struggle that they went through. And if she sounds very emotional about this, it's because <laughs> I made her watch a documentary on the making of this album. It's true. But, I mean, this is also, this was my pick. So this is not only a band that I feel strongly about. I love this album. Yeah. This album didn't get anything but fours and fives from me. I got, I gave it six fives total. And it, like I said, it is my number one ranking because it's so good. Well, I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. It is my number one pick. That having been said, I think you're wrong. <laughs> Tell me why I'm wrong. It's not all fours and fives for me. One, I gave it nine fives. So almost everything on the album. Track number nine got a four from me. But that very first song, Secondhand News, that's my bottom pick. And another thing that really upset me as we were going through is we're not allowed to rate the expanded editions of the album. Mm -hmm. But the extra song on the expanded version of this was Silver Springs. I was going to, I was just going to say Silver Springs was an additional single that didn't make it to the album. It actually got replaced by an, another one. I don't understand how you cut that song. I don't know either because it it's such a good song. Had it be, had it have made the cut, it would have been a five as well because it's so good. What but about Tusk? Tusk, which their their nineteen seventy nine album. Yeah, it got a five. It got a five. It it was as, my fifth place. Okay, it was your fifth place. I gotcha. gave it three fives though. I was very surprised with that only because the, and it wasn't a bad album, but the only reason why. I gave it, uh, or it got my lowest, is because it, it's 20 tracks. A lot of those track, uh, it, just the amount of tracks and the the ranking of each individual song, it worked out that way. I was very surprised. I didn't think it was a bad album, but it's not Rumors. Yeah. We should also mention that's a double disc. So that's three fives that she gave it out of 20 tracks total. I gave it seven fives in total. But I think this is a mood album. Going back and re-listening, just to refresh myself, even the things that I gave fives weren't really strong fives. Mm -hmm. I, I think you really have to be in the mood for what this album brings to the table. And it's such a roller coaster because you are getting strange styles. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they really let Lindsey Buckingham go crazy oh. with his pop stylings on uh -huh. top of what every other member brings to the table with regard to mellow... And it just doesn't work for me in that's a lot of places. That's exactly what I was going to say. I don't like when Lindsay gets to take the reins as far as vocal stylings. Yeah. Um, it, he just he sounds like a bunch of different artists and he sounds like he's trying to be a bunch of different artists. To Which, me. again, at the time it came out, he may have been at the forefront of all of these artists that were eventually mm -hmm. you would link to him mm -hmm. in your head. But I haven't looked at the timeline or thought about it enough to know. There is a song on one of these albums uh, called The Book of Love, 
which reminds me of some really old 50s, 60s music. And I like that. But you can tell there's a lot of overlap yeah. in his stylings. You see his influences a lot more, mm-hmm. I think, is what we're getting at. He's a great... I do love his guitar stylings. Yes. He he brings so much to the table when it comes to playing that lead guitar and background vocals. I just think him leading on the forefront with the sound, I, I think that that was not their strongest. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that same point in a minute because yeah. I on this album, they kind of gave him free reign. When he is dialed in and has to work with the rest of the group in a bigger fashion, it makes a lot of difference. Mm-hmm. But Tusk, if you want to hear an example of what I'm talking about, my bottom track is called What Makes You Think You're the One. I, I don't know. My top track was Storms. Storms is good. Yeah. That's one that I haven't heard before. And I I just got the Tusk album. Yeah. Vinyl album. So And Storms, I believe, got a five. I was very surprised by that song. I have to be honest. I really was curious as to whether or not you would give this album a higher rating just because there's a dog on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> you know me so well. Yeah. Let's move on to Mirage. Mirage, their 1982 album. It got number four on my list. It was ranked number four, and I only gave it one five. This mm. is, again, Lindsey Buckingham running rampant on this album. So it's a lot of vocals were done by him. Um, it just wasn't my bag. Yeah. It's slightly more in step than Tusk with them working together. Again, they were probably coming back from the brink mm-hmm. of breakup. This was my number third rank. I gave it four fives. Album has tracks like Gypsy on it, mm-hmm. which is probably my favorite Fleetwood song. And my bottom track was Empire State, which again is Lindsay going crazy. And this really does make it sound like we hate Lindsay. We're Buckingham. hating on Lindsay. And, and that's I'm... not the case. It's it's really not. I love a lot of what he does. Mm-hmm. A lot of what he does got fives from me. So, Well, I mean, he, he brings such... They're a almost perfect blend of people at their best with, you know, Chris McVie on the keyboard and Mick Fleetwood on drums and John McVie bass, you know, everybody brings that quintessential piece and they bring the best piece of them forward. Yeah. When you start letting one person drive the band, it offsets the balance. Agreed. That that really works for them. And I think with Lindsay stepping in and being on the forefront, it just, it offsets the balance for me. And it's not something that I would listen to over the normal balance. It has to be really hard or had to be really hard for this group because unlike a lot of people that get together to make music, they are all individual songwriters, a lot like the Beatles. Mm -hmm. I actually brought up the Beatles in this week's episode. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Let's talk about Tango in the Night. <laughs> Tango in the Night, their 1987 album. It got, it was right in the middle, a three for me. Two for me. Really? Yeah, number two. What? Um, it got two fives. I gave it six. Wow. I really thought that they were starting to show back up here, mm-hmm. which if memory serves, Lindsay leaves after this and they bring in a different guitarist. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to speculate on things I don't remember very well, but this album in general started to tie it back together. And one of the things that I really 
really love about this album is it had things on it that I wasn't familiar with. Seven Wonders. Well, I know Seven Wonders. I know, but Seven Wonders. It's it's a it's... really, really good song. It is. But Tango in the Night, the title track, that's my top pick. It, that I, was good. I think because I had never heard it before, it's a Lindsay song. Mm-hmm. I think it's Lindsay and McVie. But you can tell listening to it, it's primarily written by Lindsay Buckingham and just astounding. If I was torn between the top track here because Little Lies is also on this album. Yeah. Uh, just a, it's a really solid CD, except for Family Man. <laughs> I cannot stand the chorus of Family Man. Get the hell out of here with that. See, and again, Tango in the Night, I hadn't heard that song. And that was another one that really surprised me. They... It was just, it was such a hard hitting sound, not normally, you know, their, what is it? Their heavy drum sound. And I was not expecting it, but it also got a five on mine. So I think that and um, Seven Wonders were my two fives. I didn't even do Little Lies. No? I did it as a four. Now, that's another thing is... You've started another playlist on Spotify where all of your fours are. Yes. I started a playlist of fours to go along with my fives only because I didn't want those number four songs that were still a really good listen to feel unappreciated. They, I created the fours just, you know, for those songs that are good and the fives for songs that are too good. Too yeah. good for us. So if you want to view my list, I do have a fours playlist on my Spotify as well as a five. And I would say it's, I would argue that it's there because you're, you're being a little harsher than I am. Mm-hmm. If it's a high quality listen, I'm giving it a five. I don't try to hold it to the standard of one of the best songs I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. But I, I do like the fact that you've got a fours playlist up because it, it offers something more to listeners who enjoy yeah. your flavor, and that's good. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the the questionnaire portion here for this artist. What was your weirdest track by this artist? Oh, Diane. Oh, Diane. Oh, Diane, because it was their first uh, song that they introduced that doo-wop 1950s sound. So, Oh, Diane was my weirdest track. I just, I didn't expect it out of them, and I don't think it really showed how good they can be. Yeah. It was like almost like a filler track to me. I was just like, eh. So. I get that. Mine what was Family you? Man. Again, I do not like that song. Sorry. I but just you don't. are a family man. I know. It, it, it feels like the dad song. Yeah. That corny ass dad song that you're supposed to be playing. And that's not the type of father I am. So. Yeah. Oh, no. Get, get the fuck out of you're here You're plenty with that. corny. Let I me tell to, you. I meant to mention, by the way, earlier that yeah, you were talking about Queensryche reminding you of your dad, mm-hmm. and I would agree, mm-hmm. but Queensryche reminds me more of our other uncle, Mike, Mike. and th- that's probably going to piss Eric off. Mike <laughs> introduced me to Queensryche. Uh, I actually, he bought me the shirt when we went to see him live last year. I don't want to get off on a tangent there. I just, we just lost a listener because of you, so hope you're proud. He's still going to listen. <laughs> Dad, please listen to our podcast. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite song title? Rhiannon. Never heard the name Rhiannon before in my life. Heard it because of this song. Loved it. 
I mean, obviously, my name is Rayburn. That's not me being a narcissist at all. Can we talk for a second about the dance? We didn't get to cover it here because it's a live album. Yeah. Have you heard Rhiannon on the dance? Yes. That intro? Mm-hmm. That floaty piano intro before yeah. they get to the the normal song that you're used to hearing? Yeah. Gorgeous. The dance is brilliant. Most yeah. of the songs on there sound better than the studio recordings. And this is much further down the line. Yeah. Anyway, my pick was uh, Sisters of the Moon. I love that song title. I just, I want to hear what that song is about. Yeah. What's your worst? Uh, Wish You Were Here or Angel. I, I couldn't decide be- between those two. Because it reminds you of some other songs? It's just, it's a generic song title for me. And I literally, as my, what title I would have used and said, generic song title. Can we clarify, by the way, that last week when we were talking about Lucky, I was talking about a Seven Mary Three song and you thought I was talking about a fucking Britney Spears song. Okay. In my (laughs) defense, that song has a history with my family and you are an extension of that family. So that there obvious reason for confusion. But I regret nothing, and I regret nothing I said. I grew up around a bunch of women. Yes, he did. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to sound sexist there, but they did fit the mold of girly girls a lot of the time. It was quintessential 90s pop girl groups. Word of the day is quintessential. Please go to your (laughs) nearest dictionary. Look it up and text me what you read. My worst song title was Welcome to the Room. Dot, 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 Sarah. Just go with Welcome to the Room. Were you so (laughs) hard up for listeners that you had to remind them that you'd written a song called Called Sarah Sarah. that was popular? What I would have called the song, because I didn't really care for the song that much either. It's not bad. But I would have called it Brace for Disappointment. Or again, just Welcome to the Room. That is harsh. Brace for Disappointment. Nix does not always get things right. Sorry. Uh, another hot take. I'm going to make everybody hate us. This is an opinion podcast, so why not? No, I'm going there. Um, I love Stevie Nicks. What I don't appreciate, okay, we talked about American Horror Story last week. Yeah, we did. I'm 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 bracing for impact. Exactly, brace for disappointment because you're about to feel it coming from me when they have her on in the witch stuff to sing. And it just... Which she also sang, has anyone ever written anything for you in that song, too? Yes. And that in that show, too. But she was phenomenal. But continue. Yeah, she always does really great songs for her performances on the show. I just don't like it. I wish they would have brought her on as a character that's there, because that would have felt really cool. You don't have to remind people, hey... It's Stevie Nicks. So you hate Stevie Nicks playing Stevie Nicks. I hate her singing on the show. It's not that it's bad. It's just, I don't understand who it's, it's not appealing to me. It's going to appeal to a lot of people, I'm sure. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll I still, move on. I still love you. Okay, I, I appreciate The that. love is still strong, um, but fuck you for disrespecting the White Witch. Yeah. <laughs> but my spouse will also agree. He thinks... Stevie's a little overrated, which could cause us to break up at any minute, but that's fine. Some things are better left unsaid, and I feel like you're just begging for someone. Anyway, 
Uh, what did you think was Fleetwood's strongest element? Everyone plays their part perfectly. I perfectly. Can't. Well, I mean, at their strongest, like I said before, they're each such important pieces to a puzzle. And that puzzle, when it when when people are doing what they're supposed to do and they're working at their best, can be beautiful, in my opinion. Or at least a damn good track. Do you know why I think they work so well together? Why do they work so well? Because of Christine McVie. Okay. Her consistency in songwriting is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Very overlooked. Very overlooked. If you go look at the song credits for a lot of their most popular songs, it's her influence. And she really dials Buckingham in. Yeah. To where he needs to be. Well, he credit in that documentary you made me watch. He credits her on knowing exactly what what she's talking about, what she's doing, yeah. and she kind of taught everyone else how they're supposed to do it, how they're supposed to, you know, mix sounds and fine tempos and keys and stuff. So I will agree with that. Yeah, she's she's highly underrated because she's not usually pushed into the forefront, which songbird if you haven't heard it that's her in a piano yeah and it's good when they talk about how they recorded that track and mm -hmm. how how long it took but how they wanted it to be done in a particular way mm -hmm. that was the song played at my wedding reception during the parent dance uh, so i'm a i'm a fleetwood fan i am mm -hmm. a mcvee fan from hell what do you think is fleetwood's weakest element Lindsay's independent vocals and disco sounds in later albums. My sheet says Buckingham's pop sensibilities. Okay, so we agree there. Mm -hmm. What about, what do you think they sound like? They remind me of Jefferson Airplane. And specifically, it's not every song by Jefferson Airplane, but Somebody to Love. Uh, the intensity and the ability to, to mellow out, it's unmistakably similar in my opinion. What did you think? They at different times they sound like a lot of different artists. Sometimes Buckingham sounds like he's trying to do like a um, a Queen thing, and he's trying to sound like Freddie Mercury. Doobie Brothers, Heart when when the when the girls get to be you know, I guess when they when the girls mix their vocals, it sounds a lot like Heart to me and Cat Stevens. But again, that's like that dingy Southern free living sound yeah so that's what i said i want to talk for a second about the other members of the group mm -hmm. uh, you got to mention in your crying songs mm -hmm. has anyone ever written anything for you yep i think one of her best pop songs completely overlooked almost always forgotten about is talk to me a great track uh, she's not my favorite member of the group she is my favorite solo artist from the group. Yeah. And that song doesn't get enough love. I also want to make mention of Lindsey Buckingham's live performances because he knocks it out of the park. If you want a good laugh, his appearances on Saturday Night Live during the What's Up With That skits. Ooh-wee. Holy shit. I That's... didn't know he was on that. Oh, yeah. Oh, now I'm going to have to go back and watch. You've got a, what's his name? It's Keenan, right? It's Keenan Thompson. Yeah. He's in the background while they got Lindsay up there playing. Go, Lindsay. <laughs> Fleetwood. I didn't even know that. Oh, it's Oh, now I'm going to have to watch it. Great shit. I can't wait.
uh, when you listen to Fleetwood Mac, how does how would you say the music makes you feel? It makes me feel like I'm looking into a kaleidoscope. That's fair. Yeah, which is something I enjoy doing. It links me to childhood and. I'm getting some, you one for your birthday now. A kaleidoscope. I don't need a kaleidoscope. Okay. I can listen to Fleetwood Mac. How about I get you, you a Fleetwood Mac album and a kaleidoscope? You can do both of them simultaneously. Okay. okay. What? How does this music make you feel? Flighty and free. Okay. I can appreciate that. Oh, another thing I wanted to mention was it reminds me of being at an outdoor barbecue. That's I've actually experienced that. That's yeah. the best time to listen to Fleetwood mm-hmm. is if you're outdoors, even if you're under the stars or something. Yes. It's by fire. It's a great group to listen to mm-hmm. at that time. I agree. What was your first or best experience with this artist? My best experience with this artist, going back to what I just said, um, when I was young, we would sit in the backyard and listen to music mm-hmm. on the trampoline, windy nights, stars out. And I remember listening to the dance. And if you ask my sisters, they will tell you that it's Rhiannon that I was always listening to. Unfortunately, I don't remember things the same way. Mm-hmm. Tracks like Big Love. Actually, I don't even know if Big Love is on the album. It's on that <laughs> It's on that Greatest Hits thing. Silver Springs, I know I listen to a lot. Yeah. But they, they credit Rhiannon with being something that I always listen to. Yourself? Well- it's funny that you talked about sitting outside listening to these songs. Um, since you already mentioned the Beatles, I'm going to get to mention them now. Rhiannon and Hey Jude were two songs that I literally would lay in my backyard on the ground with my my Zune, my red Zune, and I would blare those songs in my headphones and just stare up at the sky. Had a lot of time for contemplation, but those songs would be on repeat. And it really introduced me to my love of 70s soft rock. Are you sure you're not on the scale for autism? I haven't been tested. I mean, I could. It's a joke. We all do it. What's the next question? Who would you want them to collaborate with or cover a song with? I would have said the Cranberries, maybe Jeff Buckley. Lots of other dead people, you know? Well, that kind of rules out the possibility of that happening. Yeah. And to be clear, the entire Cranberries aren't dead, just their lead vocalist, which is extremely sad. Rest in peace, Dolores O'Riordan. Yeah. I said Paul Simon. I just think Um, that they could do a lot for each other. I could see that. Yeah. I've never listened to his solo music. Oh, Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes, Graceland. Oh, so good. All right. You'd like it. We'll leave it at that. Uh, what song would you want them to cover? I, you know what I did? I could not choose Paul Simon's songs. I was tiptoeing on um, Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes. But again, I thought that there are a couple different songs that they could really bring yeah. a lot to the table with. So what about you? I said uh, Time is a Healer. There's a, I'm thinking specifically of the Eva Cassidy version. I want to see, when you listen to the song and you imagine Fleetwood covering it, I'm really torn on what they would do with vocal harmonies, who would be the lead vocalist throughout, you know, would they, I I just, I want to hear that. I think think that would be really interesting. You think it would be a fight for vocal dominance? Yes. Or just a really beautiful harmonization. I don't, 
I don't know where they would take it, but I would be very interested to see that. What do you think uh, makes Fleetwood unique? The piano sound changed every album. So I, it, I, that's the impression I got anyway, as though uh, McVie was not resting on her laurels. She wanted to try and make sure that there was an undercurrent of difference from album to album, mm -hmm. even though they still are unmistakably Fleetwood Mac throughout. Yeah. But the piano had a tendency to change, and I really appreciated that. It let me know exactly where I was in the discography. Yeah. yeah. I I said the mesh of sound to voice. So just with the, between Lindsay's vocals and Stevie's vocals and Christine's vocals all meshing together and just those beats and hooks that, that they all would put together, I think that they fit really, really well. And like you were saying with Chris, everybody's doing their own thing. Yeah. But, and when you really start to take it all apart, they all sound great. And then when you stack them on top of each other, it just makes it that much better. Yeah. So that's what I would say. How uh, how do you think they could be more successful in the future? I think they should focus on their moody material. And also that if they're going to have Buckingham in the fold, which again, I haven't listened to his solo stuff. It might be fantastic. But when he's working with the group and just running away with it, it's always better when he has McVie dialing him in. So as long as they were working together, mm -hmm. songwriting, mm -hmm. I think they would be successful and obviously putting much more emphasis on Nix's moody tendencies. Yeah. I said something a little less complicated. I said get back together and break up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go through hell all over again. It you know what? It seems like when they're struggling, they're they're they somehow find a way to set aside their differences and make it work. There were multiple there were days where yeah, I mean, people were not speaking to each other. There were periods of time that they would perform with each other. They would write songs together. But other than that, they were not speaking to each other. They weren't living together. But somehow they would always find a way to make it work. Yeah, they were fucked up. Yeah, they were. Uh, who would you recommend this artist to and why? I, I said everyone because I feel like they can identify with anybody. Okay. Whether it be Lindsay's poppy sounds and you know, just the free and flighty sound of coming from Nick's and that heavy beat from Fleetwood. I just think there's something for everybody at all different styles. Okay. So, what about you? It makes me feel like a dinosaur to say it. Okay. Not a seizure joke, not an epileptic joke, but like an old person joke. It makes me feel like a dinosaur to say it. I'm extremely likely to re recommend this artist. Yeah. Yeah, I love what they do. I don't, I would not disagree with that statement at all. Do you have any optional discussion topics that you wanted to touch on? Because I have a couple if you want me to go first. Yeah, go ahead. Well, it's funny that you mentioned American Horror Story and Coven. Yes, Stevie Nicks does make an appearance in American Horror Story Coven. She does play herself. She goes on there to sing. Has anyone ever written anything for you? I think she did Rhiannon, and she did the classic Stevie Twirl. So if you're a lover of Stevie Nicks, and you won't gouge your eyes and ears out watching it, she is on American Horror Star Story Coven, does come back for a short period of time in Apocalypse. I feel like I really hit a nerve now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. The funny thing is I already had notes on it, so... 
Anyway, their missed singles for me would have been Silver Springs on the Rumors album, yeah. which we already touched on. It's, I don't know, It's it was written and performed by Stevie Nicks. That's not just saying, oh, you know, I got a huge lady boner for Stevie Nicks, although I might. Yeah, Listen to the live version on the dance specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, if you get a chance, watch that. They are, it looks like they're trying to murder each other. As they sing, like they're passionately, yeah. you know, they're, they're throwing shade at each other. A yeah, little they're bit. going through it all over again on stage and you can see it. Mm-hmm. And their, their live shows are intensely passionate. It's I was extremely disappointed before all of this quarantine, super lockdown stuff happened because they just came in concert. Of course, it was a big deal and tickets were extremely hard to get, but that lineup did come in concert recently. They did reunite and are starting to tour again. Yeah. So similar sounding songs. I don't know about you. I know you talked about Sugar Daddy earlier. Sugar Daddy is Say say You Will Love Me. I don't know if you okay. heard it. If you take out the the lyrics and the vocals, it's practically the same song in my opinion. For me, I always got, up until recently, I would always get tracks like Little Lies and Everywhere and to a certain extent, Seven Wonders, mm-hmm. all confused, all fantastic songs. But if I picked it up at a certain point, I might not know what I was listening to. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say that if they if they ever got back together and they released another album, mm-hmm. I thought a brilliant album title would be Realities. Yeah. Just to play off of rumors like, oh, they're, yeah. like they're following up on. Yeah, that that would be good. Uh, one final thing that I wanted to know, which I didn't know this, how I didn't know this is still a mystery to me. Um, I found out watching that documentary that you sent me in 1993, they performed Clinton's inaugural, Clinton's inaugural ball and Clinton adopted the, their don't stop as his campaign song. Mm Mm-hmm. Had no idea. But the funny thing about that is, is they were broken up up until that point. And due to Bill Clinton requesting that they perform that song together, after that, they performed that, they reunited. Yeah. Soon to be dropped in the Ghislaine Maxwell testimony is all members of Fleetwood Mac, right? Is that that how he he had that pool? Yeah, at the time. (laughs) But yeah, I don't, I don't want to go there. It was in 1993. I would have been two at the time. Let me just age myself real quick. But yeah, I had no idea. But Clinton said that if he ever ran for uh, president, that that would be his song. Can you imagine being two years old in 93? Um, you can. I I'm, can't I'm remember. I'm talking to listeners, not you. Yes. Two uh, years old in 1993. Cover wise, I know there's, there's a Dixie Chicks cover of Landslide, but mm-hmm. the one that I like i don't like it as much as any version done by fleetwood but it's the smashing pumpkins version of landslide Mm -hmm. and the chain is sampled in a song called wind blow by bone thugs and harmony really i really like that too yeah you're a bone thugs boy anyway it's pretty fantastic i wanted to finish this artist by saying that what i would really like to hear at some point because this group is still active i would like for Blackmore's Night to do a full cover album of Nick's material. Really? Yeah, I think that would be fantastic. Anyway, let's move along. All right.
have for us as far as song of the week goes? My spouse has been bringing me on to a lot of AJR. It's a band that is made up of three guys. And I am a lover of The Office, the Steve the Carell, show, the show, yes. The Office, the, the American version, not to discredit the UK version. Ricky Gervais is amazing. But there's a song by AJR called Netflix Trip where he associates important moments in his life with important moments that happen throughout the show. Are you recommending a song here? I am. It's called Netflix Trip by <laughs> AJR. Okay. If you're a fan of The Office, you can appreciate it and catch all the little references, which I know there's a large following for The Office. So that's my recommendation for this week. Good. What about you? I like it. Well, I just want to say that if it's your birthday and you aren't jamming out to Luke's special edit of It's Your Birthday. Okay. That's the name of the song, It's Your Birthday by Luke. Then you're doing it wrong. And I mention this because this episode will be releasing on my wife's birthday. Happy birthday. So my real recommendation, it's it's by a 90s R&B personality that's it's often forgotten, um, and it, it should make people marvel at the fact that my wife loves me in spite of my having game like this. Mm-hmm. The song is called Come to Butthead oh my by God. Beavis and Butthead. Good Lord, shame. If you go and listen to it, that's some 90s R&B right there. Come that's, to Butthead. That's how I feel like I'm coming across most of the time. But no, my, my real recommendation for this week is Someone to Love by John B. and Babyface. And that would just be a dedication to the woman who keeps me going. Aw, happy birthday. We love you. Is there anything you wanted to promote this week or plug? I should say at the outset, by the way, that we're not being paid for any of these no. promotions. We're just talking about things that we want other people to enjoy. I would like to promote... There is a up-and-coming artist named Ty Day. He just released his song called Arkham. He He's an up-and-coming rap artist. Um, he's based out of Kentucky. Um, I just listened to his new song, Arkham. He has a lot of other other songs, Reflections, No Name, which is also good. Uh, but Arkham just came out along with his music video. So if you want to give him a look up on Spotify or YouTube, feel free. Again, his name is Ty Day. Check him out. He gets my recommendation for this week. I've never heard of that, so thank you for that. You're welcome. My plug for the week is probably going to get me in trouble. No surprise there, right? I say that because I mentioned previously that I know a handful of people who host podcasts. Mm -hmm. But if I'm being perfectly honest... The only one that I actually listen to with any regularity, which is putting it mildly, by the way, I religiously listen to this podcast. I'm there plugged in for every episode. It's hosted by some very dear friends of mine, Austin and Codes. Uh, The podcast is called The Semi-Friendly Podcast. If you think you might enjoy listening to two rather charismatic fellows go back and forth, sharing their absolutely hilarious life stories and dissecting the nature of not just their friendship, but friendship in general. I think this brings a lot to the table and you would really enjoy it. Again, that is the Semi-Friendly Podcast. 
And now that I've demolished the notion of anyone else I know who hosts a podcast coming on our show at any point, let's move along. What do we got for artist number two? We already said it in the previous week, so it's it's DeAntward. Okay, I'm fully prepared to say it correctly this week, so... Let's hear it. DeAntward. Yes. <laughs> I did my research. This is a South African, I would say, techno-industrial hip-hop Rave. group. Yeah. Yeah. So the first album that we covered by them was their... It's, it's dollar sign, O dollar sign, but it can also be... Listed as SOS. Yeah, it's SOS. From two, 2009. This album got my number one ranking. All right. Right off the top. It's my number two. It got three fives. I gave it six. <laughs> my number will always be higher. Apparently. I know. Anyway, continue. Um, this was their debut album. Not to discredit anything that they you know do later on, but this was their debut album. And it the first track which is in your face in your face it got a five for me because it literally hit me in the face so how this artist was discovered by our group is i saw the album artwork i check new releases every tuesday that's part of why our episodes are releasing on tuesdays because i want it to come out to coincide with new music Mm -hmm. i saw the album artwork and i was like what the fuck is that i couldn't get over the artist name anyway, which stands for The Answer in English. So I downloaded this and I put it on my iPod back in the day and I'm driving to work in downtown Richardson and I almost wrecked. Just I I didn't know what I was listening to. I didn't know if I should be laughing or rocking out. (laughs) Such a good sensation. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they, they hit it out of the park right away. If you're not enjoying that and you can't get into the goofy ass nature of what Uh you're hearing, just stop. Just turn it off and be done. For the record, before we get too far into this, for those of you that have little ones, every song on these albums are explicit. This is not not something that you want. uh, Intensely. Yes. Not PC. Yes. They even do um, foreign language in a lot of places Mm -hmm. and you can still hear the cuss words just reverberating like I'm not supposed to be saying yes. this. So be forewarned before you guys go and listen to this. This is explicit. If this is not if if vulgar language is not your thing, Deantwood is not going to be for you. Yeah. But I would still say give it a give it a chance. So I just wanted to iron that out before we got too far into it. Just my uh my top track was Fish Paste. I don't think a lot of people will agree with me there, but it's got a it's got a very old school hip hop vibe to it mm-hmm. that I appreciate. My bottom track was I don't even know how to say it. What kick jai? I that I, got it is that number two? It's track number three. Okay, it got a two for me too. Yeah. But Fish Place got a five as well. Yeah. Uh second album was Tension. Again, there is a dollar sign on that album mm-hmm. where the S is. That not that that matters. This took number four for me as far as the five picks, and I gave it five fives. It got my number two spot, and I gave it four fives. All right. So, again, their earlier album got first. The next album right after that got second. And this album art, it's one of the members, Yolandi Visser, eating a heart. 
Have you ever looked at their real names? I have, which I can touch on now since I, you're it's, mentioning it. It's okay. It. We'll go back to it. This this album is probably where you were introduced. I'm sure yes. Fatty Boom Boom is exactly where I started everybody off. Yes, which uh, when we get to our little questionnaire, I am going to talk about okay. the exact moment and okay. what I was introduced to. But you're not wrong. But I'll dive in a little bit more detail when we get when we get there. And people will get hooked at, at different songs. I know uh, there are some tracks that I don't love as much that have been singles. Mm. And then there's stuff like Rich Bitch that just catch people right away. Yeah, my, I, my bottom track here was Piley. It's just a it's a skit. It's talking in foreign language. I, I don't normally like the skits, but I agree. This I had no idea why it was there. And since it's foreign language, I still don't know why it's there. Mm-hmm. Did you say what your top track was? Yeah, it was Fatty Boom Boom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. It got a five for me, too. That that was my introduction to it. And there's something about that song that you you listen to it and you're like, what the hell am I listening to? What did I just go through? But you walk away and two days later, I'm sitting there doing dishes and singing Fatty Boom Boom. Yeah. And this, this obsession, uh, fascination with this group gets even worse if you go look at the music videos. If this is your shtick, the kind of stuff that the guilty pleasure that you can listen to on the side, their music videos are fucking wild as well. And the Fatty Boom Boom video is, I think, the first one I saw. And I wish for the life of me they would cut it with all the Lady Gaga knocks not in it. I just want to watch the main video because it's fantastic. It always reminds me of your brothers. It always reminds me of Logan and AC when I see it. Yes. So. And that video got number one they were throwing shade at lady gaga that's that's what that whole thing in the beginning was about because there was some beef with them she lady gaga. asked them to go on tour with yes. her and they and said no they yeah this video also fatty boom got into a lot of trouble with for for blackface because at, at one point yolanda the blackface it wasn't like the bug that uh, no uh, yolanda okay. at one point in the video yolanda is completely blacked out they get a lot of they get a lot of flack for that, but if you are into videos that shock you, they're they're going to be one of the ones for you. Yeah. And these people are white, but they are from South Africa. I they think are. the culture is most likely very different. Everything I could find on the the beef, uh, the the knocks that this group receives coming primarily from Americans. Yeah. Um, plugged in PC Americans. Yeah. You look like you wanted to say something. And no, they no. They also use the N-word from time to time. Yes, they so do. So if, if that's going to be extremely offensive to you at the outset, knowing that there are some white people from Africa mm-hmm. um, using the N-word, don't listen. Again, we're, we're letting you guys know this information because we want you guys to be fully prepared in, in what you're getting into. We want we want you guys, if, if, if you guys know cut and dry, it is not some, this type of stuff is not something you will appreciate or make light of, we we want you guys to know. Yeah, everyone in the world now apparently needs trigger warnings. And this I is, don't give a fuck. This is a trigger warning. What do you think about Donker Mag? It got number four. Okay. So that's their 2014 album. I did give it three fives. Okay. But it got number four for me. It took my number three spot. Right in I, the middle. I gave it six fives. Okay. Yeah, um, this had my least favorite song by the group on it. It's called Pompey. Okay. It's a skit. It's, uh, I don't even remember how long it is. 
It's just somebody laughing the whole damn time. And it's the most awkward laugh, which mm-hmm. I guess that's supposed to be the entertaining part. It's forced for sure. Well, I think it's probably someone they know Yeah. that they just wanted to get it on tape and yeah. they get a kick out of it. But I don't. I don't know. See, and I completely agree. Part of the reason why I liked this album, but part of the reason why it got so low on my ranking is because it was filled with a lot of skits and interludes. Yeah. And to me, unless it serves a purpose, it's a waste of a track space. Yeah. So that's the reason why it ranked so low for Most me. Most of the good material, though, is pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, my favorite track is still Pitbull Terrier. There was another one there that... Baby's I, on Fire. Yeah? Yeah, dude. What number is that? I think it's number two. Okay. Or, or well, number two or seven. I ranked right, Pitbull. All right, those are both fives. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. There are some, some hit songs that I did not give fives to. I give Pitbull Terrier a four, even though I love, even though I love the song. It's just "Babies on Fire" to me. It just yeah, really cool video too, by the way. Unless you, yeah, if you could skip over the part where somebody spits in someone else's mouth. Yes. <laughs> okay, and that see, this is the type of stuff you're getting yourself into. Oh, uh, you know what that reminds me of? What when Saturday night? No, when my crowd was all high school age. Which I should say, the guys at Semi-Friendly, uh, they went to school with my cousin, mm-hmm. Corey, and that's how I wound up meeting Codes. Um, he used to come around and hang out. But one of my cousin's girlfriends back at the time, my cousin's always had some always had some shock value stuff going on. Um, he wants to do things that people aren't anticipating. And his girlfriend used to let him spit in her mouth. So you'd be around... And this would happen on occasion. Like, teenagers, this is a sign of my love. And it just made me want to puke every damn time. Anything spit-related is not something for me. It's just... But the funny thing is, is I'm not the least bit surprised. I can see it. Luckily, I don't remember the girl's name anymore. Thank God. Yeah. Poor thing. Because nobody nobody wants... She's probably married now with kids and... You know, wouldn't want her husband finding out that her yeah. boyfriend in high school used to spit, spit in, in her, her mouth. mouth. <laughs> anyway, that's covering Donker Mag. Let's move on to Mountain NG and a Nice Time Kid. This is their 2016 album. It ranked three on my list. This was my number one. Really? Yeah. That cover art is beast, though. Yeah. It it was a lot. It was, I guess, like Japanese inspired. You don't know. No. What? Chappie is not, I don't think, available for streaming anywhere right now. If you've seen Chappie, you are already familiar with this group. Not just some of their music, but the two lead vocalists as well, because they star in Chappie alongside a robot. Yes. And a lot of this album relates to that film. That's not why it takes my number one, and I did enjoy the movie, but yeah, fantastic album. If... The whole thing regarding Chappie, the Deant word has associated themselves with something called Zeph culture. Yeah. They identify it as like modern trash. It's a lot of different mixes of styles and textures and um, a lot of, I guess, homemadeness to it. And if you want to, you know, appreciate the Ant word, Chappie is basically a love letter to the whole Zeph culture and 
South Africa. If you've ever been to a through a trailer park that's outside of city limits, not managed by anybody, and people are just doing their own thing, it's like the Wild West, essentially where I grew up. Yes. That's what this group is about. That's Zeph culture. They've and been doing Zeph culture for years. Yeah. They just didn't call it anything. I love it. My top track was Fat Faded Fuckface. Of course it was. And there is a reason. Okay. Again, I like it. It reminds me of gangster rap from the 90s. Mm -hmm. But it reminds me of my oldest nephew, Devin, because for a while there, I was purposely getting myself in trouble by playing music they weren't supposed to hear because that's Mm -hmm. how I grew up. I was listening to Too Short and Too Live Crew. Thanks, Dad. Easy E. Mom. It, it wasn't just your parents. But did they have something to do with it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got birth to iced teas. Let me be your <laughs> pusher. All right. So that's what I, I came out to. What's the iced tea song? Uh, what, the speed of light fast. Yeah. I can't sing it too much. It's I'm your pusher. No. High Rollers. Yeah. High Rollers. That one was another one, too. High Rollers by Ice T. That second verse, your dad, he used to sing things at random or whatnot. Anyway, we, we used to drive he on the highway to? and he'd have music. Well, I'm I, not around him all the time Oh, anymore. it's still happening. But I remember driving down the highway, listening to music. And no matter what's on, he's not just singing it. He's staring at you. He's looking to the side and staring <laughs> at you while he sings it. But when I was a kid, I remember... He would come in the house all the time at random to eat big ass bowls of cereal and stuff. It's like he was on his lunch break at work mm-hmm. or on his way to work. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But that second verse of High Rollers, even my friends that would be around back then, like they knew mm-hmm. that's Eric's verse. Like he's uh-huh. just going to come in and rap it out of nowhere. Yep. Word for word. And it is still stuck in my head to this day. Oh, yeah. But yeah, Fat Faded Fuckface is a track that I used to play for Devin. And he used to giggle back in the day before he hit the angsty teen phase that he's in right now, Mm -hmm. which still a very cool kid. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But teenagers are teenagers. My bottom track was Jonah Hill. Another talk track. Just. Yeah. It that rings low on mine, too. Skit. It just I think I gave it a two. It didn't make really any sense for me. It's just another wasted space where they could have put a song. Yeah. So I don't understand why. So many rap albums do tons of skits. Maybe to break up the mon- the monotony of every song, but that's what we came for. Maybe, you know? yeah. I don't know. But um, let's move on to their House of Zeph album. This is their newest album. This came out this year. Creepiest and- album art in the yes. history of the world for me. For most of you that don't know, the, the band is made up of three artists, technically. The two main... They're, they're two DJs. Yeah. They they have now. sorry, four. They have two two DJs, but the faces of Diantwood or D Antwood um are Ninja and Yolandi. Well, they had a daughter together named called Sixteen Jones. Um they are since not romantically involved and have no romantic involvement. Ninja's actually married to someone else. But it's their faces to the side and 16 Jones' face is in the middle and they're all meshed into like one human centipede being. Which incidentally, since we're mentioning 16 Jones, she actually is, a, is an artist and mm. she's in a band uh, called The Boy with the Rainbow Face with the daughter of Flea. 
from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Nice. So they have started a band. So if you if you like Red Hot Chili Peppers and you want to maybe listen to some of their Offsprings music, now you have a connection. I, I understand as a parent wanting to do this album art cover. Yeah. I get it completely. Uh, it's it's so creepy. It's as creepy as you think it would be. Yeah. But that's the thing about their album art. Yeah. Is you are going to remember it and each and every one of those is so different. You'll always know which album you're looking at. Mm-hmm. This album took fifth place for me. The exact same with me. I gave it one five. I gave it zero. Okay. So we're probably right at about the exact same place with this album. I just, it did nothing for me. Yeah. Future Baby got me that that song, Future Baby. But again, I'm techno I gave, boy. I, I gave it a four. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I think that one was my top from that one as well. And some other tracks are growing on me like Hosh, 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 or however it's said. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I dig a lot of what's going on there. It just fails to meet the mark. They really leaned in heavy on this album to uh, the Zeph sound. They had a lot of guest spots, mm-hmm. a lot of it's foreign language, which I don't mind personally. I tend to enjoy that. This was just very purposefully Zeph. Yes, yes. And the funny thing for for that album is, is I think they lost a little bit of goofiness that they had touched on in earlier albums that I really appreciated. It's pretty serious. Yeah, so there was there was a level of fun there that I didn't get in this new album. I think they were taking their t- themselves entirely too seriously. Yeah. So It's like a Mountain Ninja had like the album right before this. I think they had that guest spot with Jack Black. Oh. For, was that Rats Rule? Rats Rule. I think it surprised the hell out of me because it was just like boom, Jack Black and yes. I'm like, "What?" Rats. Rats. <laughs> I even uh, showed my spouse, and I was like, do you know who this is? And he was like, the uh, answer. And I'm like, dude, this spouse. is Jack Black. I can't Blue. say, I'm not going to say his name. Okay. Blue. Wishful thinking in here. Okay. Well, we're saying names now, even though he doesn't care. But yes. Yes. I could have just been saying a color. No. Was... Come on. Who well, the hell is going to okay. believe that? So nickname... For your partner, if I was not to say blue, am I supposed to call him color boy? We've never... I'd, well, you kind of already said it now, so I know. there's no need for a nickname. I know. I was just trying to imagine earlier on, like, what would I, you know, use as a nickname? A color boy? That just color sounds boy. so You could stupid. call him by a different color. I don't, I don't know. Techno yeah. boy? I don't know. Man. <laughs> I don't know what you want to call him. By the way, this this group that we have been talking about here, I think... I, your significant other and I share a connection because oh, of this group. Oh, this just this group? Yeah. Like cabin trips, uh-huh. listening to tracks like Deuce Drunk. Yeah. While we are very drunk, mm-hmm. trying to make homemade pizza without can openers. and Boone's Farm is a hell of a thing, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, all right. Let's blow through the questionnaire. Weirdest track? Whoa. Yeah. I was not prepared. I already said it. It's Deuce Drunk. Okay. Mine's Uncle Jimmy. Yeah, that's a creepy song. It's a skit, actually. It is, but it's still it's still a track. It that that skit can go to hell. She plays into it. She's doing it on purpose, I think, to 
to freak you out. Yes, and it worked because it made me highly uncomfortable. And douche drunk is foreign language, but you can tell it's it's about being too damn drunk mm-hmm. at a party. Yeah. And they, they play it. Yeah. What's your best title? You make a ninja want to fuck. Okay. To be clear, I'm an ICP fan. Yes. We're losing listeners again. Kiss my ass. <laughs> they... They're one of those artists that change the way that I think about music and approach it. Yeah. Um, but ninjas, that's what they call their juggalo people. Yeah. They, they say ninja a lot. Yeah. And it just, it struck me as a funny song title. Like, you make a ninja want to fuck. What are we talking about? Well, I went a different route. Well, a different but the same route. I said wings on my penis. That is a song I want to know about. You don't ever hear it. And it's sung by... A kid. Yeah. This is a child. First of all, when I said they're very inappropriate, oh yeah, they're very inappropriate. I can't remember the name of the little. It, it's a. It, he's an artist. He's yeah. a rap artist, but he's a child, and he's singing this song about wing, wings being on his penis. And before or after that track is that you like boobies? Yes. Thing, which, which is, is also done by him. That's Yolandi. Well, she's she's in it, but she, he's talking back to her. They're yeah, having a discussion. I just mean it's it's creepy because uh-huh. there is your adult talking to this kid mm-hmm. about tits, essentially. Yes. A- anyway, what was yours? Oh, ninja! You make a ninja want to fuck. Yeah. So, okay. what about the worst? Rats rule, man. Rats rule is that's, your worst title. That's that's my worst title. Okay. What was yours? What kick Jai? Okay. There's a question mark at the end of it too. That that just confuses me. I I don't. I think I kept most titles like that because just because I couldn't understand it in English, it doesn't. You mean... felt bad well, judging it, it. It doesn't mean that it's a bad title in their native language. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't like open that up for judgment. I gotcha. guess. But rats rule. I mean, I can understand that, and yeah. it's pretty cut and dry, not appealing. It's a pretty good song, though. It is. It is. I just would have used a different title. What's next? I would using a different title. Oh, what would you? What would you have used? Fuck off, because they say it a bunch in "What Kick Jai." Okay, and it just. I think for and they don't care about the American crowd, mm-hmm. but the rest of the world kind of moves in sync with a lot of American music mm-hmm. for reasons I don't pretend to understand still, but. Fuck off would have been much more powerful. You wouldn't have been confused at the outset just looking at it. Anyway. Incidentally, I think that them, their, the new album, the 2020 album, I think that they're trying to appeal more to the American culture. Mm-hmm. And they're drifting away from that South African inspiration. And the South African inspiration is exactly why I started listening to them. Because we don't have that here. I think the South African inspiration is much darker than you're giving it credit for. And in House of Zeph, that's what they're leaning into. See, maybe I maybe I didn't think about it because they, like I said, they went away from that goofy, like the goofiness of the Zeph co- culture. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I didn't like it. It's not as much fun. Yeah. Um, the title that I would have used instead of Rat's Rule, Jack Rat. Jack Rat. Jack Rat. Because <laughs> it touches on everything the song's about. Jack Black, Jack Rat. <sighs> what do you think their strongest element is? Their DJs. 
Those, Without a doubt. Those I mean, sick beats. You should specify before you go listen to this group that Ninja writes almost all of the lyrics. So if you find his raps and stuff corny, but you find yourself liking Yolandi's stuff mm-hmm. or some of the hooks, and what, he's writing almost all of it. Mm-hmm. So give him some props, but their DJs kill. If it wasn't for them, I don't know that I would be listening to the music anywhere near as much because they really bring the pain. Yeah. You? I said keeping to South African inspiration and flow. So, again, touching on Ninja's lyrics, but matching them with the beats of their DJs is really what what ropes me. And also, there's a level of uh, freak-out culture that just keeps drawing yeah. drawing you back in. So, that's another reason why I think that those are their strongest elements. What's their weakest element for you? Too many skits and interludes, yeah. man. Skits, same. We don't, uh, we don't need them. They serve no purpose. Next. What do you who do you think they sound like? I would have gone with Lords of Acid, meet ICP. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because I wrote Peaches, that rave techno nonsense. Yeah. And ICP. And when I tried to think of songs specifically, so you know what I was talking about, mm-hmm. I do have a Peaches recommendation there as well. Uh the song Billionaire by Peaches. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that always cool but somewhat corny factor mm-hmm. of their music. Yeah. Um, as far as ICP goes, Kickin' Kickin' okay. is a song. That, uh, Ninja has that goofiness that Violent J and Shaggy Tudo bring to the table. And then if you're thinking about Lords of Acid, the all-nighter or the all-night grinder mix yeah. of Rough Sex, it's got that club techno element mixed with the sex appeal and shock value stuff that's going on. And uh, while I'm here, they do a cover where they change the lyrics to Mims, This Is Why I'm Hot. Yeah. Just mention that. It's not all that great in my opinion, but yeah. if we're going to talk about covers later, that, that, that would rank for me as something you might want to take note of. When would, you, when would you listen to them? So I think when I would listen to this artist is when my inner gangster gives no fucks. Mm-hmm. And their music makes me feel... Like I'm living in a neon night version of Grand Theft Auto. Okay. That's the best way I can put those things. What about yourself? I said irresponsible and ready to rave. If I'm ready to make some bad choices and get into some shit, I'm going to be listening to this (laughs) artist. (sighs) Watch out. Thinking about you making bad choices and actually getting in trouble. that Anything could happen. What, uh, What was your first or best experience with them? Well, we've already covered my first or best experience. It's the driving in Richardson. What about yourself? Well, we technically covered mine as well. I Shane was showing music videos at a Halloween party. I literally just got there. And I walk in, and the video that is being shown is DJ High Tech, fuck you in the ass. And that's what, and that video is. Song's called DJ High Tech Rules. Yes. Although it's, it's, that's, that's it's looped into Fuck Yellow Nires, right? Yes. Yeah. It's the, it's the intro and this dude is wearing a mask and I, but I, back then I was convinced that was his face. Anyway, right after that, it was Fatty Boom Boom and I'm just sitting there being shocked and in awe. If you've ever seen the episode of Twilight Zone. Where yes. the girl's real worried about her face. Yes. And it's like all the doctors and nurses have these 
pig faces. Yes, it's, with the drawn up lip and it's everything. It's the same type of thing. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what it is. And it's just, I'm, I felt insulted by this video because it's just this dude spitting insults. <laughs> J- and I'm just like, what the hell did I walk into? But since then, I've been hooked on their stuff just out of sheer curiosity. Yeah. Who would you like them to collaborate with? What cover would you like them to do? I didn't write a cover, but I'd very much like them to work with Twisted at some point. Okay. This is another group that was on ICP's record label for a while. They do a lot of the same sorts of things. Talented rap group. Yeah. With, yeah, their styles would just mesh, I think. Yourself? I said ICP's Boogie Woogie Woo. It It's a super fun track but it's got that lingering level of creepiness that they both touch on and i think that would be just an explosion of of shock culture yeah so i think icp's boogie woogie woo would be interesting so i can see it another thing that i think you know makes them unique is again that south african inspiration and their balanced sounds with yolandi and ninja they have different different types of styles and sounds. I mean, Yolandi's this tiny, tiny little girl with this higher pitched flow and voice. And Ninja's like this dirty, I mean, still very skinny, tiny man, but he's got like this, this dirt to him that kind of, they kind of balance each other out. Like she sounds squeaky clean, whereas he brings a level of filth. And on the flip side of their uniqueness, they have a lot of these half-cocked, short songs Mm -hmm. that I think could be great if they really filled them out into a full format. Mm -hmm. I know that goes against the grain of a lot of what they want to accomplish, but if they did that, I I think I would enjoy the music a little bit more in Mm -hmm. more places. Mm -hmm. How I think that they could be more successful in the future. I think that, you know, them staying true to their South African sound and inspiration with that level of fun. I think that that is doing wonders for them and that, their whole Zeph culture is really getting behind that following. Yeah. I think that if they start to lose that fun or they start to um, become more integrated with American music, right. I think that that's going to be a problem. For me, the uh, criticism I have is the same one that I have of ICP. Um, I want equal time for both vocalists. Which I know in both instances, one of them is writing more than the other, so they appear less. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear more of Yolandi, just like I want to hear more of Shaggy mm-hmm. on the ICP side. What's the next question? Who would you recommend this artist to and why? Um, People who like weird shit. That's about the only time I would recommend it, although I am extremely likely to recommend this artist. I am I am extremely likely, likely to recommend him as well, but I... Deliberately picked out someone. I said my brother. Okay. For obvious reasons. He appreciates a good rap beat and the hook being a little goofy. He's a goofball. Yes, he is. But he also thinks he's he's a thug. So. He pulls it off, though. <laughs> um, you don't see as much of the goofy. You see more of the, yes. the serious. But it's always there. It's always there. Just floating under the surface. So. Yeah. Um, are there any other discussion topics that you wanted to touch on? Or would you like me to go first? 
I would throw out there that their EPs aren't available on streaming services. Look up their real names if you get a chance. I think you're going to touch on that in a second. Right. Do you have their real names written down or? I have. I found Yolandis and then for some reason I couldn't find it again. I definitely have ninjas. ninjas. Watkin Tudor Jones is his name. Not what you would expect whenever no. you hear him or see him. Um, I did remember Yolandi's name actually sounded French. She's adopted. Yeah. She's never met her birth parents. And she actually went to a boarding school. Her adopted parents shipped her off to a boarding school, which is where she developed a lot of her creativity. Yeah. I I couldn't find her name. I found it once, and then I went back to look for it, and I couldn't find it again. It's so. all good. I look it up if you get a chance, because it is interesting to see what their real names actually are. I think a Greatest Hits album would be good for this, al- this artist. Mm-hmm. But it would have to be two disc mm-hmm. because they do have a lot of good material. Yes. There's just quite a bit of filler on almost every album they have out. And since we're talking about some of their songs, if you like Daft Punk's Tron soundtrack, listen to SOS. Yeah. It's it's really good, but there are a lot of similarities between those two songs, which I would not be mad at if they did more songs like that. Yeah. So that would be my recommendation and my, like, it it would be perfect for a video game, in my opinion. Would you want to see this artist live? I, I You know what? I saw Marilyn Manson live. I feel like I can handle anything. Yeah. So, yeah, why not? After the Amon Amarth show, yeah. I, could, I could take anything on. But I, just to say that I did, I would see this artist live. Yeah, I agree. It would definitely be an experience. So let's go ahead and get back to our lists of songs that make us cry. All right. Move on from the fun that is DeAmbered back <laughs> to this sad sack shit. Or is it sad sap? Sad bastard music. Sad bastard music. <laughs> it's sad sap, I think. Okay. Um, you go ahead. I'll list my first. It's Stolen by Dashboard Confessional. Again, tears are flowing as a 13-year-old girl listening okay, to Dashboard so Confessional. Okay, you think it was youth? I mean, that's when I first heard this song, but associate. there's also a level of happiness to it because that song touches on finding someone that has the ability to steal your heart right? and you're willing to give it to them. It's uh, It touches on a level of vulnerability that I think that's the real reason why okay. it makes me cry. I get behind that. What about you? Uh, my sixth pick for the list was Failure. By Breaking Benjamin. Mm -hmm. This one's not as obvious as far as crying songs go, but it reminds me of a time in my life where I felt like a massive failure. It was the first time that I stopped working in the office place and was trying to work from home. Started seeing a lot of sales decline because of the ripoff artists that are out there copying my books and repurposing them. Um, Just having to go back to work. And we will hunt you down. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Do your thing. I don't care. I was I was original in what I did. So <laughs> if you want the quality, come see my work. I'll just throw that out there. Uh, we had lost the house and had to move back into an apartment in Denton that I really hated. We had a lot of tax debt that I didn't know to expect. I owe about double the taxes that a normal working person does. Yeah. We were fighting and I had to go back to work. In an office place. Which you also hated. Yeah. I, there was there was a lot that I liked about being back at work. And it always makes me feel like I'm good at something. Yeah. 
but super amount of headache. Mm-hmm. Um, and what really sucked about when I went back is I had just signed my major book deal, mm-hmm. but the money for that wouldn't start rolling in for about another year and a half. So yeah. we had to get caught up. And I just remember taking my lunch break that first day at work and this song came on and just made me ball. I don't know. What's your next pick? Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. Explain. Well, first of all, that song is an amazing song anyway. If you've ever lost someone, whether it be from death or heartbreak, if if this if the, any person that was in your life that was a big part of your life is out of your life, you're going to get why I chose this song. One of the main reasons why I chose it is because my spouse, Blue, this significant other, significant other, this song was performed at his grandfather's funeral by his dad and his uncle. He still holds, he holds that song near and dear to his heart for that reason. And I get it because that's the reason why I hold it near and dear to my heart. Yeah. I know that. Um, one of my aunts wants this played at her funeral as well, and she wants some people to do it live. Mm-hmm. And the thought of having of being in that spot and having to actually play the song, mm-hmm. so no, it it's rough. Yeah, it's also one of my favorite songs to play on guitar. Yes, that guitar solo. Yes, yeah. Which fantastic. incidentally, he will make everybody cry if he does it. <sighs> What's your next pick? My next pick is "One More Light" by Linkin Park. I want to keep this very brief. This song makes me think of Red, which was a a friend of my friend's who I had just started to get close to uh, when we lost him. And sadly, I think it saved me from a lot of my own demons, a lot of the things that I struggle with internally. So if anything good came out of that, hopefully it's the fact that I'm still here. Yeah. Your next pick. I can't make you love me. By Bonnie Raitt. This song, okay, I I will admit I don't give Bonnie Raitt enough credit. I have friends and family that would shun me for not giving Bonnie Raitt enough of a spotlight. This song, whether it's performed by Bonnie Vare or Bonnie Raitt, um, is a great song. I've cried to this song as well. Panic at the Disco or Brendan Urie also covered this song, which we saw live together. Um. And you were very stoked that he did this song specifically because you love this song. Yeah, I didn't anticipate it. So I have cried to this song for sure. You and your parents were staying in a hotel in Denton. You were coming up to visit for a weekend. And I had a lot going on, but I was going over to visit you guys. It was early in the morning. I think we were supposed to be going out to breakfast. And I remember parking the car and that song being on. And just bawling and having to get my shit together before I went and knocked on the door. And of course, your mom is your mom. She's Mm -hmm. in a good mood and she's happy-go-lucky. I don't know. Does she know? Yeah, your parents could always tell something was was wrong. I was going to say, usually, sorry, usually they're really good about reading people and their emotions. So what was uh, your next pick? My next pick, it's a little happier. Okay. It's called Grandpa Told Me So Okay. by Kenny Chesney. Uh, Speaking of your parents, this one reminds me a lot of your dad, because I think he and Mike both filled that fatherly role, that father figure that I needed in my life, Mm -hmm. 
and they did it well. Uh, this song also, though, reminds me of my own grandfather, who died when I was younger, of cancer. And lyrically, this song really speaks to him. I had some time with him before he passed, and I remember him watching Lonesome Dove those last few weeks. And yeah. The other side of this, the other angle, is being a parent. My son has one grandfather that he's going to know. And he's a fantastic guy. And I think someday this song is going to mean a lot to my son. Yeah. And that's great. What's your next pick? <laughs> okay. So it's okay, so a funny one. Yes. Okay. So this song wouldn't be on probably a lot of people's, but See You Again by Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth. Um, Blue, my boyfriend, is very much into the Fast Five movies or Fast and the Furious movies. When Paul Walker's character unfortunately died before the end of the, I guess, Fast Five movie, and they did a special... Too late, spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> they did a special tribute to him. I basically, between my brother and my boyfriend, grew up watching these movies. And I know it's like, oh, fast cars, you know, ugh. But the relationship that these actual actors had with each other yeah. really hit something in me and their tribute to him at the end, I bawled my eyes out in the movie theater. I could see this. And the whole way home. I literally got <laughs> home and I was still crying. So that's one of the reasons why that song makes my list. I think I'm a baby. And then you tell some shit like that. I'm trying to make you feel better about yourself. Yeah, uh, I appreciate it. What's your next choice? My next choice is Happiness by Hobo Johnson. Mm -hmm. This would be... Among the most recent, I've kind of gone in chronological order for my list, but yeah. this makes me reflect on the way I live, uh, the people I've hurt over the years, and the roller coaster of writing my novel, which is due out in less than a month, and I should be editing it, but I'm focusing on this podcast. Happiness, the first time I heard it, it was rough. Yeah. It was really rough. Uh, I know we all do regrettable things as we learn and we grow. Yeah. Sometimes it's really hard to see and think about who you are as a person yeah, and probably how some other people see you and will never get over the fact that you did hurt them. Yeah. And I am human and I have hurt people because I'm an idiot, yeah. much like everybody else on the planet. What's your final pick? Oh, my final pick was a hard one. I, of course, was torn between a bunch of different things, but I ended up going with Little Wonders by Rob Thomas. Okay. The reason why I chose this song is, as I stated in the last podcast, I don't have any children, but in the event that I did have children, this is something that I would want to sing to them because I have an issue with letting a lot of stress and feelings that other people have for me affect me. I have a lot of problems letting it go. And this song just reiterates that it's okay to let things wash over you, let it let it drain out of your body and keep going and know that you're a good person. You're still a good person regardless yeah. of the things that you may have done. And it's just something that I would want to sing to my little wonder yeah. one day to know that you're human. It's okay to make mistakes. It's how you let those mistakes affect you that make you the person that you are. I like your picks because I haven't heard all of them. 
So it's going to be nice to revisit for me personally. Mm -hmm. My last pick was Mother Like Mine by the band Perry. Mm -hmm. uh, just to give an overview, this makes me appreciate my mother, how great my sisters and grandmother are, my living grandmother, I should say. It's the one that you and I share. Yes. And how scared I am of losing any of them. I think my youngest sister played this at an event recently. I think we were playing mixtape. Play mix yeah. I remember it. Really rough. Uh, really hard not to cry hearing this song. Because I know somewhere down the line, if I live long enough, what that song is going to do to me every time it comes on the radio. And I've got plenty of songs like that with regard to my mother. But Yeah. Yeah. My, my sisters have a way of just edging that knife in really, really fucking deep. Yeah, they're a bunch of assholes. Yeah. <laughs> Much more emotional than I am. So... Anyway, let us get on to the artists that we're going to be covering for next week. All right. Um, we are going to pull from the actual jam jars. Yeah. We were originally going to use a digital document and just randomize it. Yep. But I went ahead and took the hours of effort to put... I'm literally looking at a jam jar right now for, for all of you that don't know. It doesn't look like much, but there are about a thousand artists in there. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of, that's a lot of names in that jar. Yeah. By the way... Some specific feedback we got was to try to stick to bigger artists. There are some of our specializations in here still. So if we get something weird or out of the left field, that'll be why. Because I can't cut everything. I won't mm -hmm. let myself. Yeah. But a lot of the one-hit wonders and some of my really out there shit is gone. Which for those of you that, that don't know, if you want an artist featured specifically Comment anywhere that we, we post anything or ask for requests because the likelihood of us drawing that will be increased, correct? Yep. Highly participated. Highly <laughs> Some, recommended. Something like that. Participation is encouraged. So if you want something, let us know. We'll, we'll make sure that it, it happens or at least the likelihood of it happening to be great, greater so than what it was. We're going to draw one artist from our own jam jar. And then we're going to draw one from the listener jam jar. That's stuff that people have recommended we cover. Mm -hmm. And I'm keeping track of who recommended it first. And they will get the shout out. Oh, we doing shout outs now? Yeah. All right. I thought that would be interesting. I'm going to let you do the honors of both. So shake it up. Hear this? Yeah. It's an actual thing. We're getting real. All right. It's going to be hard to not look and get one of those little sheets in your hand. But First artist, you ready? I'm ready. Jojo. Okay. So Jojo is artist number one. Jojo is the first artist, which if you don't remember, if you don't remember her, she sings Get Out, Leave right now. I guess guess Get Out. Yeah. All right. Second jar. Second pick. It is. I feel like you're looking. I'm not. <laughs> Britney Spears. Britney fucking Spears. Okay. We're going to have some lady love next week. So this was recommended... Uh, by a childhood friend of mine. Her name is Sarah. And I was really surprised by this pick because I know her as someone who's always made me feel better about the fact that I don't care what Kanye West does in his personal life. Mm -hmm. I just like a lot of his music. Mm -hmm. She apparently really enjoys... There's a song by Breathe. It's mm -hmm. called Hands to Heaven. Yeah. Which is great. Go listen to it. It should give you an idea that she really does have good taste in music. So if Britney Spears isn't your bag. Which is funny because earlier in the podcast, we talked about Britney Spears is lucky. Yes. 
Anyway, she'll be is... part of every show apparently from here on. Her and the Beatles. But those... I didn't mention them first. This is true. It's my fault. I'm the dumbass. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week. Come find us online and let us know what you want to hear next. For it's what you choose to share that makes your melody unforgettable. Later, y'all. Peace. Thank you.